Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, October 6, 2022. It's fucking fifth, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're rolling with it. This is the third time I've done the intro, and I've messed up the date twice and just messed up the intro another time. Now, we're today we're reviewing a movie that opens with the main actor being a podcaster, and I think your inability to podcast <laughs> while talking about this movie really has you rattled. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying October 6. Look, it's October 5th. We are reviewing the Billy Eichner original comedy, the first, uh, I would say, mainstream, I don't want to say big budget, but mainstream, you know, um, gay rom-com that is bros. I'm very excited for this. I'm very familiar with Billy Eichner on Billy on the Street. That's about it. But I love him on Billy on the Street. And I love me a good rom-com. And I believe uh, Apatow was involved in this. One of the big creative uh, comedic minds. I don't know. It was, was Apatow. Apatow. Yeah. Um, so I had high expectations for this, tie. Now, ap- now that we've seen the movie... There's a few things to talk about with the movie itself. I also have a little bit of a story to tell you about the theater I was in. Oh. Um, yeah, I was very frustrated with my movie-going experience, Ty. No. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. Um, and there's also some Marvel stuff. I mean, we have She-Hulk has been going on. We haven't really been touching on it very much just because not a lot has really happened, honestly. Yeah. Um, but right after we recorded last week, it was announced, you know, Deadpool 3 with Wolverine is going to happen, so we're going to talk about that. That should have been in last week's pod, but the one week we record early, of course, news drops on a Tuesday, <laughs> and uh, the new Black Panther trailer was dropped, so we can uh, touch on that a little bit as well, Ty. Let's get into it. percent of the time, it works every time. John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Okay, Ty, I'll let you decide first. Where are we starting? Are we starting with Deadpool 3? Let's start with we... this. Well, let's start with the stuff that should have been on last week's episode. Okay, fair enough. Deadpool 3, look, for a while, we didn't even know if this was going to happen. Yep. We didn't know, you know, Marvel, Feige had always said, like, oh, we're planning on it, we're planning on it. But we didn't know if it was going to happen for sure. A lot of time has gone by. It's been longer than you realize since Deadpool 2 came out. I think it's been like five years now. Um, 2018. So it's been four years now since Deadpool 2 came out. 
Um, that was May of 2018. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, that's a big gap. This isn't coming out till 2024. So that's a six year gap. Like that's the gap between Avengers one and Thor Ragnarok 2017. Like, you know, that's a sizable gap, but we are getting it. And most of all, most importantly, we're getting it with Hugh, Hugh uh, Jackman. I was about to call him Hugh Ledger. I don't know why. Nope. Um, <laughs> is reprising his role as Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine, Ty. Yeah. Now, I'm someone who has not seen a single X-Men film, nor the film Logan, and I'm still very excited for this. None. Zero. No. Didn't we, like, do that on, like, a bracket or something? No. I didn't watch any of them. If we, like, we didn't, it didn't get to the point where we had to watch them, I don't think. Oh, my God. You got to watch one. Which I would one? say, Lo- well, Logan's the best one, but it's the best one because you have that connection with the character from the other ones. Yeah. It's a real, del- I maybe just watch like three of them. So I should watch uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine? Fuck it. Why not? It still gets you some fucking Wolverine. It's not a good film, but. Over under um, three and a half jokes about that movie and about Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool in that film also. Over. So over. How many are we getting? Lots. Throughout the entire film, probably. Is the film just going to open with that scene? I like, think it may just be a running gag throughout to where like he doesn't have a mouth, and he's like, ha, just kidding. They'll probably beat that over the bush. Ty, how are you feeling, though? How do you feel about this announcement? I'm pumped. I'm very glad. It very much seems like he's joining the MCU, um, however they're going to do it. if I don't know how they do. If it's another fucking multiverse type thing, that's fourth wall break, we're going to have Hugh Jackman in this, and we'll get another Wolverine later down the road, because there's no way he's the MCU's Wolverine. Well, multiverse. Is the answer to everything. That's what I'm saying. So we're just going to have a multiverse Deadpool movie, which leaves a lot open as well. Well, this could theoretically, because in the original Deadpool films, they took place in theory in the X-Men universe, right? Like the same universe? In theory. In theory. So they could just do this in that Deadpool universe, and then if they want to get him involved in the future, then open the multiverse wormhole where he can come in for Secret Wars. Because then his next appearance will probably be Secret Wars, I would imagine, where he just comes in as part of it, not necessarily like, let's weave him into the bigger picture. You know what I mean? No, I didn't think about that. He's not going to be like even remotely in the MCU universe 90% of this film. Yeah. He's just going to be in the same universe just with Wolverine showing up. I believe so. And then they'll find a way to tie him in or not. Well, the way and it'll just be a Marvel-produced Deadpool movie. Well, the Secret Wars, you know, is they could just literally be pluck him out of another universe. Yeah. Again, I've said this like ten times on the pod. He can look at the camera and be like, "Disney wanted the money, you know, that's why I'm in this or whatever." And then he could try to say "fuck" and it'll get bleeped or something. And then you know that'll be like a a joke that now he's in a PG-13 movie if he's in like Avengers Secret Wars, or maybe he'll say "fuck" and they'll let him say that one "fuck." And then he'll make a joke being like, oh, I got the one. Yeah. I got the one, baby. <laughs> or maybe he'll, like, go to say it throughout the movie, like, multiple times. Like, nah, I got to fucking save it. <laughs> I got to save it. <laughs> um, now, there's a theory going around about this film, Jay. Before we dive into your theory, um, I'm ask you a question. I don't oh. know if it steps on your theory. Do you think this is PG-13 or R? Got to go R. I would hope so, man. But it's Disney and MCU, so that's what scares me a little bit. As much as I love it, the MCU and what Disney has done with Marvel Studios, I'm scared they're going to be like, look, we're going to make 20% more if this is PG-13 versus R. Yeah. I, you know what? You How about do first ever dual release? release two, two different versions, versions at the same time. I don't hate that. I will, yeah. Two different cuts to theaters, PG-13 version, R-rated version. they show version. R-rated 7 p.m. or later or something like that. I don't fucking hate that. I don't hate that. Give one me an bit. R version, though. Don't fucking... Yeah. Don't water Deadpool down. You can't do it. We need blood and gore and violence, and that's that's the character. And a lot of curse words. Lots of curse words. 
What's your theory, Ty? My theory on this, Jay, is uh, when Marvel announced their upcoming slate, yep. they've never said anything about Deadpool being a part of that. Never, no. Um, they haven't really released any information. You've got talks that Ryan Reynolds is talking to uh, Feige, but again, nothing from like Marvel accounts yeah. talking about this. Correct, Amundo. You then go back to the first Deadpool. They filmed part of it. It was shelved. It was shelved. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to release it. Ryan Reynolds then went on his own and leaked the trailer <laughs> of him on, like, the, the trailer was him on the freeway overpass jumping into the car and shit. Like, leaked that, got a bunch of love, and that's what greenlit and got the rest of the budget for the film, is my understanding. Okay. For them to actually release it. Still didn't have a big budget, though. Still didn't have a big they budget. They literally joked about that in the film itself. They did. But yeah. it was very much Ryan Reynolds doing what maybe he shouldn't have done, forcing the studio's hand. Are you saying Ryan Reynolds did this again? I'm saying Ryan Reynolds. The theory is Ryan Reynolds is like, hey, you guys aren't fucking doing this, so I'm going to get call up my good buddy Hugh Jackman. We're going to fucking film something in my house saying he's going to be in the next Deadpool movie and it's coming out here. Your fucking move. No way. That'd be such a power move. I don't think he would do that. I, can't you get, like, sued for that? I don't know. <laughs> But, again, he released footage that he shouldn't have for the first one. And this is something where it's, I want Hugh Jackman in this. I want the next movie to come out. And I have a script, and you guys aren't fucking moving forward with it. So what if I do this, build up all this fucking fan excitement, and it was released from his personal account? I think eventually Marvel, like, added it onto YouTube channels or something. Not a lot from Marvel, like, pages on social media. I don't think so. There's this interview from January of that said, this is January of 2021. This is a long time ago. Confirmed that a Deadpool 3 will happen and it will be R-rated. Kevin Feige said that. In July 31st, 2022, he said uh, they're looking for ways to elevate Deadpool 3. And they're proceeding with it. So, I don't think so. It's never been on any of the slates. Never an upcoming movie. Never anything. Maybe that's Maybe they were working out something with Hugh. With, with Hugh Jackman to determine what kind of story it was going to be. But even then you figure that out and then you move forward and you get either movie made with or without him wild that they haven't announced it. And then from his personal there, page, well, there and, had to have been some sort of like, there's obviously a reason why they didn't announce it. And maybe it is. I, I don't know if Ryan Reynolds has, I don't know the logistics of this. Like, does he have, he obviously doesn't control the character. That was like Fox and everything. But yeah. he was obviously very involved in the production and everything of the first two films. So I don't know. Maybe it was just like, we're going to let him announce it. Maybe it was like, you know, they wanted to get Hugh Jackman involved, but they weren't for sure yet. So they wanted to save it. And maybe it just was, it was such a big announcement. They wanted to just do it on its own. It's a little weird that they just did it on Twitter. But I mean, yeah. shit, I'll be honest, Ty. This is the most excited I am for a Marvel movie in the upcoming slate. Yeah, like Secret Wars and King Dynasty and all that's going to be fucking awesome. And like, but, like, as of right now, like, I just – I feel the best about that because I'm just excited. I'm, I don't know what Secret Wars is going to shape out to be yet. I still yeah. got to see that with Ant-Man and everything. For this, sure. like, you pretty much know what this is going to be, and it could be a one-off kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, man. I don't think that's the case. Huge fucking power move if it is. Um, is Josh Brolin going to return as the titular whatever his character's name was? It's not titular. Titular is when your name's <laughs> in the title. <laughs> what was his – the guy's Cable. name? Cable. Cable is yeah. he gonna? Are they gonna go to the future and pull Hugh Jackman out of Logan before the ending of the movie, and that's how they'll get him into the into Logan takes place in the future, like still today in the future, yeah, in like twenty thirty nine or some, some shit, shit like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, so like very much could just like not address the movie Logan. That's how that character dies, 
And he mm-hmm. he's aged up for that. Just don't age him up. Okay, see, I wasn't sure if they aged him up for Logan. Big time. Lots of gray hair, like gray beard, like looks way older than Hugh Jackman actually looks. Um, easily could pull off a younger-than-Logan look for this film. Okay. For his last send-off. Nice. I'm excited. It's going to be fun either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Um, I'm stoked. And maybe I will go watch some, some Wolverine-involved movies, Ty. Got to watch something. I'll, I'll go through the catalog, figure out what's a good one for you. Days of Future Past, real real high on the list. Are other um, X-Men going to appear in this? Is Wolverine not the only one? Um, Are we going to get Evan Peters coming back? That would be something. Dark Phoenix? After fucking... I know her movie was a banger. No, I think... Uh, I think we leave them alone. The only one who shows up are like the X-Men that were already in his movie. The Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Um, Big Steel guy. What the fuck's his name? I want to say Cyclops, but it's definitely not Cyclops. Cyclone? Not Cyclone. I don't know, man. Let's take a look. I'm going to find this out. I feel like we see them. Probably no one else, though. You don't think they do someone else? Colossus is his name. Professor X? Just, I don't, like, why would they, you know? Just a, I'm not saying in the whole movie itself, just like a little... Maybe teaser? Yeah, I mean, they did... Wasn't James McAvoy in Deadpool 2 or one of the... There's a very, very quick teaser. Yeah. He was like in a room talking while he's in the X-Men mansion, and they close the door. Yeah. Maybe, maybe something again like that. How do you... James McAvoy, is he supposed to be the younger... Professor X, yeah. In his days of future past, like the younger people meet the older people? Bingo. Nailed that. That's pretty cool. It's fucking awesome. That's pretty oh, sweet. I like that. Yeah. So how does it set it up? Are the original X Men movies like the original with um the Patrick Warb what Patrick what the fuck's his name? Who? Prof- the old Professor X. Oh, um Patrick Stewart. Patrick so are the ori- like is the first set of X Men movies like with Patrick Stewart and all that, and then they do Days of Future Past where that brings in all the younger versions of himself. Is that like when Jennifer Lawrence and all them get introduced? All the younger versions are in X Men first class, which timeline's real fucked it takes place in like the 70s technically and then the next one um i don't remember the name of it but like the next one with the younger actors takes place like 20 years later or something but they all look the same (laughs) um and then it theoretically leads into x-men 1 2 and 3 but i think days of future past like splits the timeline to where they could do dark phoenix again in their timeline oh they did two dark phoenixes yeah x-men 3 last stand it was like a Dark Phoenix storyline. So they pretty much rebooted the franchise, but kind of kept the characters like they're the same. Yes. And it was like, because Logan, Wolverine's the same throughout. He's in both franchises. Okay. Um, But it's supposed to be like McAvoy is the younger version of Stuart. But then when they get to like caught up, they branch off to their own timeline. Maybe I should watch these. I don't know. This sounds interesting to me. Again, Days of Future Past is like the really good one. X-Men 1, you X-Men 2. Pat- does Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy interact with each other? I don't remember. Do they get in a Professor X off where they just like try I do to believe control each other's minds? I think that's the one where McAvoy goes bald finally. He's mm. like, that's what future me looks like? I'm going to commit. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I might as well just fucking do it now. I remember there was one X-Men movie. We're going off topic here. But there was one X-Men movie. I think came out after Days of Future Past. The villain was like called like Annihilation or something like that. And like he looked like the biggest badass of a, of a superhero villain I've ever seen in my life. And I've never seen the movie, obviously, but I remember watching the trailer and thinking, literally thinking, like, how the fuck are they going to kill that guy? Because his powers were like, He's like a mind god. control, manipulates everything, like it's yeah. Apocalypse, X Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. It's yeah. our our Oscar Isaac, our Moon Knight King, plays Apocalypse. Him? Oh shit! Um, dog shit film. 
Really? 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Did they do a bad job? Don't tell me in case I watch them, but did yeah. they do a bad job of like defeating him? I think so, yeah. I just remember watching the trailer, like I said, and it was like, wow. No, it's really weird that the, like, the ori- like the reboot franchise, they're like really good or really bad. Like they fucking nail it and then it's dog shit. And then they nail it and then it's dog shit. I'm going to have to watch these, Ty. I- I'm going to commit. I'm going to watch every X-Men movie before Deadpool 3 comes out. That's my commitment. I have like two years to do it. Year and a half. Okay. That's one a month, baby. You can pull that off for sure. So it's X-Men first class. I'll even watch class. Dark Phoenix. And then Days of Future Past. Well, that's after, like, what's the very, very... So, X-Men 2000. So, X-Men 2000 is still technically in the same universe as, like, X-Men Days of Future Past. All of them. Yeah. X2. Is that the one with uh, Daredevil? Not Daredevil. Deadpool? Nope. Much farther. Much farther down. Oh, X-Men The Last Stand. Yep. Dark Phoenix. Yep. X-Men Origins Wolverine, that's the one with Deadpool, When they right? branched off, that's the one with Deadpool. What do you mean branched off? It's just like a Wolverine movie, pretty much? Yes. They were going to do an Origins like franchise where it was Wolverine, X-Men Origins Beast, X-Men Origins this character. They were doing origin stories. Yeah, but they started with the big one, and then they kind of fucked it up and said, ah, that was a bad idea. Let's just reboot the whole franchise. With X-Men First Class. Being but I also see the Wolverine. Then they were like, let's just fuck, forget let's the origin. Another Wolverine. More Wolverine content. How was that one? Not as bad. Decent film. It's got a 71. Then we got Days of Future Past. Very Deadpool good. comes up on this, but I'm not counting that. Yeah. Future Past, very good. Apocalypse. And Logan bad. technically is in this as well, right? Logan technically is like in the future yes. of all of these. And then Dark Phoenix. Very good. Is Wolverine Dark in Dark bad. Phoenix? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he is, I think. I don't remember, to be honest with you. I'm saying it. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting uh, or to watch all these. Um, yeah. Just like Black Panther will be interesting to watch, Ty. Black Panther second trailer. Oh. Yeah. Um, Black Panther 2 second trailer, I should say. Wakanda forever. See the rumor that the runtime is reportedly like the second longest MCU movie or it's like the longest since Endgame. It's like two hours, 40 minutes or something like that was the rumor. I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking all in if that's the case. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm really looking forward to this film. Like, probably the most that I... I feel like this has the best chance of all the kind of shitty Phase 4 movies we've gotten. Yeah. This has the best chance of actually being good. Yeah, but we thought they were all going to be good. Most all of them. But Maybe this this one... The first one... Quantumania 2. King. Jonathan Majors, baby. That one should be good. Looks like they're taking it more serious. Leaked trailer. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't talk about leaks. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. But they did leak the trailer. Is this recently? Yeah, probably last week. Wow. Maybe I need to watch this. Does it look good? It was like at a fan event, and someone recorded it with oh, their phone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It does look good. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, Black Panther 2. So they're kind of painting Namor up as this. He's going to be a villain, but then he's going to turn into a good guy. I think we all kind of see that coming. Yeah, well, and that's how it is in the comics, too. Is it's You're not even like necessarily a villain. He just don't fuck with Wakanda. Yeah. It's just like my people over your people. Yeah. And they go to war. And then I think it kind of just like stays on bad blood. Like I don't think they're ever cool. They're just like cordial. Like we're not currently at war. Yeah, for sure. I saw people like responding on Twitter saying like the U.S. government's going to be involved or whatever because there's like governments trying to get vibranium. And is that the right word? Vibranium? Yeah. Why, is that, why did that sound wrong when I said it? It's been um, too long. It has. Um, 
there's going to be some sort of manipulating thing probably that makes these two fight, and then that will be the excuse to make Namor good after all this because he will be good. But most importantly, they showed the Black Panther suit, and it's like 99.99% confirmed that it's going to be Shuri because yeah, it's a girl design. Girl design, front and center of the posters. Which we all kind of knew. We assumed it would be surprising to me if it's anyone but Shuri at this point. What if they're throwing us a classic MCU curveball, though? Very well could be. Changing the CGI, or maybe it's a scene where she suits up once, but then dies, and then she goes to the, the Shadow Realm. Maybe we get like a Shazam when we get a team of Black Panthers. And then she, she brings back everyone. Michael B. Jordan or yep. something. Yeah. I think it'll be her. The only like pause I have is all the like you know COVID stuff and her being reportedly difficult to work with, but I don't think they're going to... I think it, it's going to move forward with her because that's what happens in the comics. So It makes the most sense. That's kind of what everyone assumed. It's weird that they've put her front and center of all the promotional material. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think they put Namor front and center more than her, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the Black Panther Wakanda side of characters, without confirming it, yeah, which leads to some sort of suspicion. Like, if it is her and you are doing all this, why not just say it? Yeah. I don't, um, they want it to be a like they want that that theater moment, even though they kind of leaked it in the trailer, which makes me think: like, Are they doing some trickery? Exactly, because they usually don't show those moments in the trailer. It's weird. They didn't show Cap holding fucking Mjolnir in the trailer. No, never. Can you imagine if we were robbed of that pop? I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I think there could be some some stuff up their sleeve. Isn't like Blackheart supposed to be in this too or something? Or not Blackheart. Ironheart. Ironheart. Yeah. Yep. She's supposed to be like her introduction into the MCU. Yeah. Um, the Namor character looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for that storyline in him and like the seriousness of that character. And just being better than Aquaman. Way better than Aquaman. <laughs> Fuck Aquaman. <laughs> um, he looks, he looks badass. I don't know what it, he's supposed to be a mutant, but like this character in this serious, like, war that's going on between these two fake fucking countries of like superpower people mm-hmm. it's gonna be fucking awesome it's gonna be a really good film i'm noticing a trend that these films with like aqua superheroes aquatic superheroes seem to have a a woman in a lead role that has controversy outside of the film itself oh two for two yeah i don't uh, know do we have any other aqua superheroes movies coming out soon <sighs> not that i can think of <laughs> i'll be not off the top of my head um, but they are two for two on that. I saw a bunch of stupid comments on Twitter about, I don't know at this point, I don't know if people are just like trolling just to be stupid or if they're actually ignorant, dumb fucks, which I wouldn't put past a lot of these people <laughs> saying like being pissed about black Panther being a girl and how all the heroes are girls now, you know, cause you, you, we've had a big wave of female superheroes and, and like someone put like, why can't it, why is it such a bad thing for a man to be a superhero now and blah, blah, blah. And I just, just yeah. get over it. That's all I could say. Like, he's going to be the antagonist, but very much introducing another male superhero and Namor yeah. in this film. Yeah. Like, it. I'm fucking cool with it. I mean, the last however many movies were Doctor Strange, male, Spider-Man, male, Thor, male. And But the the, the thing is like, oh, but Jane Foster was in it. Oh, but Wanda was in it. Like, yeah. shut up. That's all I got to say. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's fair. One other thing I saw Marvel-related. Did you see the uh, rumor that they're going to recast Thunderbolt Ross as Harrison Ford? I, I did hate it. Terrible idea. He's about to die. Also, <laughs> he's so fucking old. You can't re- like. <laughs> you got to make it Thunderbolt Ross's son. That's what I told Riley. It's got to be his son, and it, you cast someone some who's like forty member. to fifty. His fucking daughter from Incredible Hulk. Nah, How about that? Nah, don't bring her back. Why not? She's way different. She wouldn't work for bad guys. She was like, oh, Hulk Bruce, and she turned sour because Hulk fucking oh. left her. 
No, but Harrison Ford is like ancient. You don't have to follow the comics directly and have it be Thunderbolt Ross. I think it's a little disrespectful. He's already 80. Well, <laughs> I think it's disrespectful to the character. Like, yeah, Mark Ruff, uh, Hulk got recasted. That was a one-off film. You know what I mean? He got recast three years later. Yeah, um, Rhodey got recasted. Um, and But again, that was Iron Man 1, and then he got recast from moving forward. We haven't seen, unless I'm just completely ignorant here, has there been other, like, big recastings? I know there's been, like, side characters, and I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. But, like, I don't know. This is a somewhat big character who's been established in the MCU already, and just to, like, recast and move forward, like... Yeah. I, I think, obviously, Rhodey's the big one. That happened instantly. Yeah. Um, Bruce Edward Banner. Gordon, yeah. Instantly, they recast... Um, not Tony Stark right here. Not Tony Stark, but his dad has been played by three different actors in the MCU. Didn't even know that. There's I, different age points, but there's two different old versions of his dad. There's uh, fan, uh, Fandral from Thor. Okay, didn't know that was a recast. Yeah, I don't even know who this guy is. Very minimal side character. So, uh, Howard Stark, like you said. Yeah. But though, it was different ages of Howard Stark, wasn't it? There was two old versions, different actors. Red Skull? I forgot about that. But, I mean... Under makeup, you can't tell. Yeah, you can't. It's the same fucking character. Thanos? They did CGI face shit after Avengers in the post credit scene and then cast. Oh, yeah, because they didn't cast him yet. Oh, yeah. Cassie Lang. That is, that is a... They did very much recast her. Yeah, uh, R.I.P., obviously, William Hurt died at 71 years old. Yeah. If you recast someone who's nine years older than the guy who died of old age, you're making bad business decisions. And if you're going to go that far, you might as well just make it Clint Eastwood. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fucking do that, Jay. We don't want him in the MCU. (laughs) What if they start filming and, like, God forbid Harrison Ford passes away during filming? Yeah. Are they going to recast again? Is it going to turn into, like, Fast and the Furious 7, but... For Harrison Ford, who was not in the MCU at all before this. <laughs> and it's a big name. Like, if you want to recast it, just give me, like, some older actor who isn't fucking probably the most famous old actor in Hollywood right now. You know what I mean? Like, Harrison Ford just would feel so out of place. Like, oh, it's Indiana Jones. <clears throat> Here is the 27 hottest male actors over 50 years old. Can you guess who's number one? I feel like you George can. Clooney. Yeah, number one. <laughs> fucking one one Easy pick. Colin Firth. Uh, no, he's got a soft face. Denzel Washington. I don't know how you explain <laughs> that. Uh, what did know. you Google? Hot old actors? <laughs> I just did uh, famous actors over 50, and it, it jumped to hot o- old actors. Are you on the 27 hottest male actors yeah. ever? From Jeffrey D. Morgan still looks too young. Jamie Foxx still looks too young. Tobin Bell. Uh, he's in his 70s. He's too old. Ken Watabee's also doesn't make sense Tobin Bell he just played someone in something we saw no e- oh that's what I know him from maybe um, from Jigsaw yeah Saw that's what I know him from continue sorry uh, Ken Watanabe uh, that doesn't make sense Mads Mikkelsen already in Thor or uh, already in Doctor Strange how about Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholson also very old and very famous um, also cons- concerns of filming two more movies with someone that age okay how about Ralph Fiennes Ralph Fiennes. Uh, that's Voldemort. Is that really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That would be fucking awesome. Jason Statham. It's a great pick. Jason Statham. Okay. Charles Dance played uh, someone in Game of Thrones. There's a one of one, number 15, Ty. Oh, let me get that. It's got to be. 
We gotta bring in the fucking Gerard Butler. <laughs> the law abiding citizen himself. <laughs> oh, That's a great pick. I fucking love Gerard. You make Butler. him stop using just for men, because you know he does, but he's oh, still yeah. fucking jacked. You let him gray up a little bit. He plays a wonderful fucking military general. I think I need to have like a Gerard Butler like movie marathon. Cause I think I've only seen law abiding. I mean, I'm sure I've seen, I've seen the bounty hunter too, but have you ever seen any of the, the down franchise, uh, white house down? No, didn't even realize that was a franchise. I know there's like Olympus has fallen and oh, the fallen. That's, that's the right. Thing. It's the fallen franchise. Olympus has fallen. Angel has fallen. London has fallen. Never seen those. Lots Never seen 300. I like a law abiding citizens. Number two though, on his like IMDb. Never seen 300. No, very very violent movie. I haven't seen the new film I told you to look up that's on Netflix that looks like it's just, what was it, Last Seen Alive? Yeah. Have you ever seen The Bounty Hunter? Yeah, I just said I've seen that. I'm sorry. I was I was <laughs> reading through shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, He's fucking great, man. He's not, but he is. You know what I have seen? I've brought this movie up before, Playing for Keeps. Worst, I think that takes the cake for the worst movie I've ever cried in. Yeah, like terrible movie. You know it's bad, but it still gets you. you. You should watch it with Victoria. I'm sure if I watch this with Riley, she'd be like, oh, that's actually pretty good. Because it's just a, a classic bad rom-com. You know what I like about Gerard Butler? What's that? He appeals to everyone. Like, he could be your dad's favorite actor. He could also be your mom's favorite actor. Wasn't he in that really iconic rom-com? Um, P.S. I Love You. Yeah, I've seen that one. Long time ago. When me and Riley, like, like literally, I think, like, the first three months we started dating again. Is when I saw that movie. Because you have like the Fallen franchise, 300, Law Abiding Citizen, like fucking awesome violent movies. And then you go, The Ugly Truth, P.S. I Love You, Bounty Hunter. Playing for Keeps. Playing for Keeps. Like he just, he just fucking so killed bad. some fucking rom-coms and killed some action for fucking dads. He's an everyone's man. It's got a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Ooh, I cried my eyes wow. out. Wow. It's so bad. Did more tears fall than percentages it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. For sure. Damn. He was just, you know, he was deciding whether to pursue his his job as an ESPN analyst because he was a retired soccer player or coach his son's soccer team. And that that decision just weighed on him, you know? Fuck. If there's an, a, a sports-adjacent movie that has a sad, you know, sad point, it's going to get me every time. Damn. Have you ever seen um, – not the longest. It's the Dwayne Johnson football movie. Yes, The Game Plan. Loved that Game movie plan, when yeah. I was younger. Haven't Good seen movie. it in a long time. Not a bad film. It's kind of like the same thing, except he's deciding it. between football being and a football raising star. his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> being a father. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems like a lot of NFL players probably struggle with the same thing. Well, yeah, you're running back, Alvin Kamara. Not with his child, but couldn't play in London because he's, you know, has an assault charge against him. Is, Is that, that why, why he, he couldn't go? I don't know. I, I have no I idea. I know he didn't he's practice. Like on parole. Isn't he on parole? I mean, it makes sense that he couldn't leave the country. Don't fuck with Alvin Kamara in a Vegas nightclub. I wore my Kamara jersey in Vegas. Just like you got me a little street cred. <laughs> got you a little street cred. Jesus Christ. No, but like I don't know who, because I don't think like Marvel or anyone announced anything about Harrison Ford playing uh, Thunderbolt Ross. I think no, like, that's just a rumor. Fan art. We just gotta we just gotta make fan art of Gerard Butler as Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. We need to do this. If there's one thing that this podcast needs to achieve, it's getting our favorite actor <laughs> into our favorite film franchise. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't been already. And there's a fucking opening if I've ever seen one. Gerard Butler hasn't been in the MCU because, like, he wants to be Tony Stark. 
Like he's not. I feel like he's like I. I'm only gonna be in this if I'm the star. But like as much as we love Jared Butler, he's not an A lister. I think he's like a B plus lister. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, but I still love my man. He's fucking great. I would love to meet him. Do you want to get into Bros Ty? What? Yeah. Of, you know, was that Wakanda forever? How did that turn into? I don't know. We'll it's just about a fan casting. Ross. Yeah. 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 Let's get into Bros Jay. Let's talk about it. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Bobby is a neurotic podcast host who's happy to go on Tinder dates and content not to have a serious relationship. That all changes when he meets Aaron, an equally detached lawyer who likes to play the field. Repeatedly drawn to each other, both men begin to show their vulnerable sides as their undeniable attraction turns into something resembling a commitment. Bros. I thought you were going to say more. Sorry. Um, (laughs) 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 91% audience score, 144 reviews. It's already on the Rolling Stones' 70 best comedies of all time. Um, I think it's 70. I don't know, like, what the number on the list there is. I think that's fitting. I think this is a trailblazing, groundbreaking comedy. So I think whenever you – even if the formula of the film itself is generic, if you were bringing that formula to uncharted territory and something that should have happened a long time ago, it absolutely did you know, belongs to be on that list. Um, you know, that being said, movie not doing very well box office. I know Billy Eichner was kind of getting mad on Twitter. Yep. Responded to some people. Yep. Um, which is a shame, really, but honestly, like... You can't com- expect... Well, comedies don't do well anyways anymore. Yeah. I mean, they just... I was talking to Riley about this. Like, the last comedy I could remember, like, people going to see was probably Good Boys. Um, and that did like a hundred million. So that's still pretty decent, you know, but not like amazing, you know, um, comedies just don't grow swell. And that's why you see Adam Sandler. He's making Netflix stuff. That's why you see Will Ferrell is either executive producing or, you know, making Netflix stuff, you know, Eurovision or the streaming stuff he's done. You know, that, that summit movie, whatever it was called that show with Paul Rudd, which I actually never tried on Apple TV plus, which, which show was it? Where Paul Rudd's his therapist. It's called like my the something shrink the shrink next door i didn't even know about it yeah it's paul rudd will ferrell paul rudd is like will ferrell's therapist or vice versa and like one since of i haven't heard about it it's probably not good that's disappointing yeah so it's just you know in like a movie like book smart which is fucking fantastic great yeah. comedy made 25 million so this made four million um billy eichner did have one tweet though that was pretty funny he tweeted how he went to a, a sold out showing in los angeles and sat in the back of the theater and after the movie was over, uh, everyone stood up and applauded. And um, I love you, Billy. I think you're hilarious. I thought this movie was very funny. But that I, I just find that hard to believe because I've never seen even like these crazy MCU fans, never seen anyone stand up and applaud 
a movie afterwards. But who knows? Maybe it was like a special event, and that's why it was, you know. It was like an LGBTQ show. Like meetup or something. Yeah. yeah, but I just don't see like a bunch of random people standing up and applauding. But he, who knows? People applaud after they land planes. His so. tweet, quote, and I quote, says, uh, the audience howled with laughter start to finish, burst into an applause at the end. Maybe he's joking. And some were wiping away tears as they walked out. It was truly magical. Really, I am very proud of this movie. You should be proud. It's a good film. 100%. I've never seen anyone burst into applause. Burst? It usually takes like one guy like, are we clapping? Are we going to do this? You ever been on a plane that's burst into applause? Oh, no. That's I've gross. been in one. It's such a gross move. It is. Act like, like you've been there before. The one I did was when we flew to Chicago, and it was very bad turbulence, and when we landed, someone started clapping, and then the whole fucking airplane started clapping. Did you join in? No. Absolutely not. Now, is that like a, are you cheering for the pilot? Is that like a, you did a fucking great job, dude? I guess so. Or is that like, hey, we survived, let's all enjoy this together, let's (laughs) clap it up for ourselves? I think it's the pilot and the the aircraft crew. What are the, the steward, not, no, stewardess is more of a negative term i think um is it i thought uh i think stewardess is almost like <sighs> no there's another name for him no you're uh, not supposed to tip them plain <laughs> I, I now feel like bad that i've never thought to tip them well i've not to brag but i flew first class one time and uh, flight attendant flight attendant yes air uh, hostess um i did fly first class one time in case you haven't heard and uh, I did try to tip, or I didn't, well, I looked up, should I tip? And the internet said no. And I guess um, airlines, like most <laughs> big airlines, tell their employees, like, we will fire you if you take a tip. Like, you were not allowed to take a tip, which is bullshit. Why? That's wild. When I was sitting in first class, not to brag, they served me lunch like a fucking waiter. He did more. The guy gave me freaking little cookies. Yeah, if a waiter had to do their job while fucking 50,000 feet in the air, 5,000 feet in the air, how high are we? Do you know how high planes fly? About 37,000. Oh, so I was close with 50. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they deserve more of a tip than a regular waiter. Yeah, has a waiter ever gotten me a nice coffee, and then while I'm sitting on my sipping on my coffee, he walks by with a little bag of freaking Biscoff cookies. It wasn't Biscoff. It was a fancier brand than that. And tell me, these pair phenomenally with coffee, dip, dump them in your coffee, and I did, and they were delicious. Wow. He was completely right. I was like, this is fantastic. They were like little wafers. I got nice. another bag. They're tasty. I wanted to tip him for that, and nope, I guess I'm not allowed to. Wow. Not only that. The plane starts going down. He then pivots from being your waiter to being your survival instructor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if anyone deserves a tip, it's those people. God, I want to fly first class again, Ty. You ever seen that Steve Harvey clip where he's like, you buy first class once? Like, it's like a stupid life motivation thing. He's like, I tell everyone, buy one first class ticket. And then once you sit in that ticket, he's like, you're always going to work your butt off so you never have to sit in economy anymore. I was just like, okay, Steve Harvey, we're not all fucking millionaires, dude. Like, you think people just buy first-class tickets and then, like, I'm going to work harder now. That's just – that's even more of a humble brag than you saying I flew, for, like, first-class not to brag. That's more of a you don't understand how nice first-class is until you've done it. I flew first-class on a flight my company paid for, and then I got a half-off first-class upgrade for, like, $300 and then decided to pay for it for myself. That's, you know, how I did it, so I didn't pay the full – Whatever the fuck it was. You're not busting your ass, working overtime, working (laughs) double shifts, covering two games at once to get that next first class ticket? Well, sitting in that seat did change my mindset, Ty. So, I will say, my production with the company since then, 
Yeah? It's been up. No shit. It's been up. You're going to look back on your life and you're like, I'm going to remember Jason before he flew first class and then there was a Jason after he flew first class. It wasn't even a nice first class. It was fucking United Airlines. It wasn't even like a lean back or anything. Um, Bros, Ty, you had some things you wanted to talk about. You said that before the pod. Uh, I'll tell you my viewing experience, which was horrible. There was three groups of people in this theater. Me and Riley. um, I believe two females in front of us. I know at least one female. I didn't see the other person, but when it did, sounded like female laughter. Time out. When did you go and what theater did you go to? Civic Plaza, Sunday at around uh, 7. Okay. There was only one other group of people in my showing, and I thought it could be you and Riley, depending, but I didn't see, and I didn't know. Was it yesterday? Yeah. No. Riley's in Temecula. That's right. Um, Continue. Apologies. And people behind us who, probably like a gentleman in his 30s and his significant other, I would guess. I'm going to ask because this is a gay film. Female significant other? Yes. Okay. And that motherfucker talked more in this film than anyone has ever talked before, Ty. And this is when I wish I had either you with me or I just had a little bit of you in me. (laughs) (laughs) He's easy with the phrasing there. Because you're the type of guy that will tell someone to shut up. No. I've seen it multiple times. If there's one time I speak up, it's in my movie going experience. I've seen you tell children to stop playing on the recliners because it was making too much noise. Yeah. I don't care if you're grown, if you're a fucking child, if you're in theaters, there's certain etiquette you got to fucking, you know. And all I could think this whole time was literally, I wish Tyler was here because Tyler would have handled this. Instead, I'm just doing petty every fucking five minutes while he keeps talking because I don't have the guts to say anything. He talked so much, Ty. I swear, he recorded his own fucking podcast episode. Like, no shit. I don't know what they were talking about. And the wife wasn't talking back. And that's why, like, I get in my own head and I'm like, okay, what if he has, like, some sort of social, you know, I don't want to say disorder. That sound, I don't know if that's the right terminology. But, you know, some social thing where maybe he doesn't follow social cues or something. Like, probably not. 95% probably not. Yeah. But that's the shit I tell myself. Like, am I going to be the dick that yells at someone who, you know, wanted to just go see a movie and saw there was only two people? Because they walked in late or whatever. But, oh, my God, he talks so much. And what made it even worse, anytime there was any sort of, like, sexual thing that happened in this film – you could tell it would make him uncomfortable because he would talk mm. like through it. So like he would almost like distract himself. And then if there was like a sex joke, he would like laugh super loud. Like, so here's my theory. I think it was a closeted guy who was on a date with his girlfriend and he was so uncomfortable because that was him that he was watching on screen and he didn't want her to catch on to that. Maybe man. Or maybe he was just uncomfortable with, you know, yeah. like his wife dragged him to it and he's uncomfortable with gay people. Cause you know, whatever his people are stupid still. And he just talked his way through, but the whole fucking movie tie. It was no. I think absurd. I think that you said it was on a Sunday. Yeah, that Friday he probably drove into work, listened to his religious podcast in the morning, telling him that gay, being gay is a sin. Yeah, and then he went and watched the movie with the significant other, and was like, "I can't be gay." Yeah, but this looks like so much fun. This is what I want. <laughs> That's probably what was going through his mind. And I wanted to like go at least tell an employee. But I couldn't, like, get up and go snitch on him because there was three people in this fucking movie. He would know who snitched on him. That's fucking great. Like, there's, <laughs> it's so obvious that it's you, but you don't want to be the one to actually say it. I leave. I come back. An employee comes in five minutes later. Like, obviously, who fu- – and at that rate, I might as well just said something to him myself. Yeah. No, that's when there's three groups. Mm-hmm. That's when he comes in. He, like, looks at you, and you point to the other person. And you're like, oh, fucking <laughs> that guy. So that hindered my – like there was points in the movie where there was just like dialogue and I yeah. al- almost couldn't hear it because of the guy fucking not whispering either. Just talking like pretty like trying to whisper, but not a good whisper. Oh, you know what I mean? Maybe that maybe he thought he was being respectful and whispering. <laughs> he didn't realize he was being loud. He was being real loud. 
That's wild. Victoria, um, look, love, love my wife. Mm-hmm. This movie started. She, she didn't realize that the movie started. Was just like obnoxiously on her phone, <laughs> just like chilling because it starts kind of abruptly with the podcast and shit. Yeah. And like I look over at her, like is something going on? She was like, "This isn't the fucking movie, right?" And I was like, "It's very much the movie." She was like, oh, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> Civic Plaza. If you're in the recliner, it was literally just us and like one other group. Yeah. You couldn't even see him. No one could tell. So it's not like she affected anyone's viewing experience. I just thought it was very funny. Uh, this movie had a cold open. Very cold open with Billy Eichner being a podcast. And first note, actors aren't podcasters. Actors aren't podcasters. I could tell tell he was reading a script. Yeah, that's fair. I also thought that scene was like they got done with the whole movie. And they were like, hey, we never explained what Billy Eichner's like job is here and like how he has money and how he lives in New York. Yeah. So let's just film this like little podcast thing. And he's like an influencer pretty much. Yeah. But, like, that's the only time the podcasting comes into it at all. Like I guess ten like, minutes later, someone asked to take a picture with yeah. him, and that's it. So, that was kind of like a throwaway thing. Did Victoria fall asleep in this? Nope. Stayed awake. Wow, good. That mean, means we're in for a good score. Yeah, she stayed awake. Um, once I made her where the movie started, she felt bad, but she watched the whole thing, had a good time. Um, that was my one takeaway very early on. I was like, <laughs> as someone who's highly qualified to speak on this, I can tell he's acting and not being an actual podcaster. I think uh, your scale should get an automatic plus one if you go with Victoria to the movies and she stays awake. No, I've talked about that before. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember where I put it. Enjoyment, maybe. Plus one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's get into it, Ty. Bros. Plot slash story. So this is a pretty traditional, just in terms of story structure and everything. Rom com. You know, these two guys meet. It's all going dandy. It's great. Then they break up. And then it's not dandy anymore. And then the one guy tries to get back with the guy. The other one, the guy who was originally wrong, tries to get back with Billy Eichner, the main character. Billy Eichner's like, nope. But then he has a change of heart. And he's the one that ends up writing the really nice song. And then they get back together. Yeah. They fall in love. Yeah. And, yeah, very traditional um, rom-com story. Very by the book. I gave this a uh, 13 out of 20, personally. I uh, was originally at a 12, because usually 12 is just kind of like my middle of the road um story mm-hmm. and i bumped it up plus one for respect of the genre and making it unique in that way um and making it goes into key elements a little bit more but i feel like i mean obviously billy eichner is gay i don't know about the other co-star in this but making it very like on point i guess is the right word to, i don't know if that's the right word to say but felt real and authentic you know it wasn't like like they joked in the in the movie itself two straight guys playing gay characters you know what i mean and like actually yeah. like kind of diving into that culture a little bit which again comes back up in key elements but that's why i gave it a 13 yeah i gave it a nine okay <laughs> it's a rom-com yeah whether that's a guy and a girl or two dudes it's a rom-com plot and story wise yeah. it's there's two people you kind of get introduced they meet real timid finally start talking more they go out they basically fall in love and everything's going great again the dramatic thing and the big fucking get back together happily ever after at the end Mm-hmm. some slight twist on it but like this genre has been done over and over and over again probably would have gave it like a seven given it two points because it's two dudes and there's a lot of gay themes throughout and i appreciate the originality of that mm-hmm. but with just the story i mean we've seen this countless countless times yeah and i can't give you i can't give you credit for that with that being said that's all it really needed to be for a rom-com you lay the foundation for some romantic scenes 
for some comedy. And again, that comes into play in key elements. Mm-hmm. But the foundation is, is a, it was a track home. It was the exact same foundation as everyone else in that category. I like that. Yeah. I like you don't know that. what's on the inside. Foundation's the same though. Um, the Luke McFarlane, the co-star, he is um, also gay. He's actually a Hallmark actor. Mm, they shit on Hallmark a lot. He's been in like 12 different Hallmark movies. So uh, mostly it looks like Christmas or that's that, Valentine's the, Day or Christmas. That's just Hallmark Christmas movies. Or yeah, Christmas. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark movies are so – I'm glad they shit on it. I enjoyed that. Victoria they're likes so, Hallmark movies. Yeah, like. they're so bad. They're yeah. so fucking bad. Yeah, I don't think I can say I've ever actually seen one. Oh, I've had to watch a few, thankfully. There's one with Vanessa Hudgens where she plays like a twin or something, and they swap places for Christmas, and one has responsibility. It's so fucking bad. Yeah, I just have never. There's one with the girl from uh, Full House. Okay. Or Fuller House now. Mm-hmm. She's in it. I think she's a lawyer or something. She goes home for Christmas, spend time with her family. Like, high school sweethearts she had a crush on. Just so fucking, ex- like, copy and paste bullshit. Yeah, it's all the same. I hate it. It's all the same. I hate She's it She's a so lawyer much. who probably doesn't spend enough time with her family. She's too much into her career. She yep. goes back to her yep. hometown. Bingo. Sees her high school sweetheart. Bingo. Reminds her to, like, almost have fun and live in the moment. And Bingo. be spontaneous. And then they get together. But they don't know if they can get together because she's got the big-time job and he's still in his hometown. He's probably, like, a carpenter or something. Um, yeah probably the fucking plot of the movie is he a carpenter do you remember i mean honestly yeah probably (laughs) a screw just came off my podcast chair um that's not good i'm not sitting in it though so you can't say i'm getting fat oh i stand when we pod i don't know did you realize i always stand when we pod yeah it's good for the back um i sit all day so i got to stand a little bit visuals cinematography tie again just middle of the road i noticed early on in this film and it kind of stopped later i don't know it might have just been like one or two scenes but like there was almost like a chaotic nature to like the way it would cut and stuff like i think that's just like the billy eichner style obviously for sure on the street yeah Um, but it didn't fully lean into that again though this is just like i don't know where to grade this because in theory it's kind of like very vanilla and there was like nothing to really take away but at the same time there was nothing i hated it just was like let's go film a movie with good movie equipment yeah. And that's what they did. It was exactly what they did. So I always land at my middle of the road score for these type of films. I landed at a 12. Yeah, I went with the same thing as you. Exact same number, 12. It's they wanted to make a rom-com and everything else just kind of they had to do it. Yeah. They filmed it. They didn't really care yeah. much about how it was filmed. They filmed it. Mm-hmm. It allowed The story was what it was. They made jokes. They had romantic scenes. Yeah. It was just what needed to be fucking done. I, I, I can't I can't give it any more. Nothing looked bad. Like you said, there was a chaotic nature to it, but it wasn't like bad cuts, mm-hmm. bad editing. There wasn't like, what the fuck am I watching? I can't see anything. Like, it didn't look bad, but again, very, very, very vanilla. Yeah, that's fair. You don't get extra credit from me for that. I agree. That's where I always land with these. I'm, I'm looking, let's see, my last 12 in visuals. It's actually been a long time. Wow. Forrest Gump. Wow. So. But while, I gave it 13 to The Incredible Hulk. Snake Eyes. I gave that a 12. Bob's Burger Movie, I gave a 12. That was for the shading. Step Brothers, I gave a 12. There you go. That feels fitting. Key Elements, Ty. You know what? Uh, see, this is. 
You want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead. I, I bump here? my score up one, though, either way. Again, this is a rom-com. Um, very unique in what it did, being a gay rom-com, and the yep. romance part is gay. Uh, very rated R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, g- gay sex scenes. Lots of them. Only like two of them. Three to four. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. At least three. You're yeah. right. No, um, uh, three and almost a half. There's like three, and then there's one where they're like in the bed afterwards, but didn't actually see anything with the guy he met at the gym. Yeah. There's the guy at the beginning who comes over, jerks off on him, yeah. and then leaves. So there's that, and then there's the one with his partner, and then there's the one with his partner and the two other guys. And then there's the one with his partner and the other two other guys. Oh, you're correct. Yeah. So we're up to four. At least. That scene was pretty funny. It was uh, only – oh, yeah, it was two other guys. Which scene? Are you talking about the one where Steve tried to join? Or yeah, where a... Steve tried to join. Okay, the other one um, where it was like the would they, won't they, like get together or whatever, yeah. and then it's them with their shirts off kissing, like I'm glad we did this. And then it pans out, and Billy Eichner still has his underwear on, and it's just two dudes going down on the other dude. Fucking hysterically <laughs> laughing. So hard. That shit was fucking funny as fuck. It was just like funny. this remote, like romantic, like, oh, I'm so glad we decided this. While two guys are just going to fucking town on him. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Uh, some of the rom-com felt very hallmarky, very cheesy. We now know that because that's a hallmark actor. That's that guy's fucking bread and butter. Yeah. I think it was kind of intentional. I think so. I, I think they wanted to make a cheesy rom-com, but just with gay yeah. actors and a great gay story. Very, very funny, though. I laughed like out loud throughout this movie. I landed on an 18. Okay. Very good comedy. Um, I, I For being a rom-com, I laughed a lot throughout. Well, I landed at a five. Just kidding. I'm up at a 17 out of 20, Ty. Okay. Um, for a lot of the same reasons as you. I, I will be honest, and this is almost probably just expectations. Maybe not fair to do this. I mean, I'm still giving it a 17 out of 20, so it's still a very high score. Yeah. Thought it'd be a little bit funnier with Billy Eichner. I, I don't know. I just – I expected a lot. I really like Billy Eichner. It was still very funny. I still – and, again, this also could just be from the guy talking my fucking ear off pretty much from behind me that yeah. fueled this. But, like, the little chocolates, that fucking made me laugh when he said he just <laughs> had a dream of being a chocolatier. That was fucking hilarious. It was a great scene. Um, and there were some other moments. Oh, God. Like, there, it, it's, it's funny. There was, like, some funny fucking moments. Like, there was one where, like, Riley fucking busted up laughing. I don't even remember what what was said. I, I very much enjoyed the road ra- uh, roid rage scene yeah. where he, like, fucking grabs some shit and throws it. And he's like, I'm on steroids. <laughs> that was classic Billy Eichner right there just yep. being unhinged. But, like, there's also, like, the throwaway lines and stuff. There was one that was, like, it was some pop culture related, you know, and it made Riley laugh. But I don't remember exactly what it was. But. A lot of references. Very Billy Eichner comedy with, like, the references to celebrities and shit. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it, it's gay culture, you know, and they, they hit that on the head. And from what I, as an outsider, you know. Um, so I landed at a 17. It was funny. Probably thought it'd be a, I wanted it to be a little funnier. And it is ultimately hold back at least two points by, you know, the, the rom-com part of it being rather generic. And, yeah. you know, they did what they wanted to do, but they didn't necessarily – you know, besides like the subject matter, which is obviously it's groundbreaking, but like in terms of just the the overall story arc, you know, didn't really break ground there. But I still landed at seventeen. It was pretty funny, and it's like one of those movies like you wa- you could watch it again and again, and it's gonna be funny each time. You know, whether it's maybe the shock factor of the scene you were talking about isn't as funny. You know, not the <laughs> first time seeing it, but like again, there's the throwaway one lines, and I'm sure like all of these movies, there's probably shit that happened in the movie that was said in the movie that you almost didn't realize. And when you rewatch it, you're like, yeah. Oh shit, that was actually pretty funny. You know? So I uh, had a 17. Does Riley watch the bachelor or bachelorette? 
Um, she used to be into it. I don't know if she's still like really into it. When the other friend, where the the guy's hockey friend comes out as gay, mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm doing this because of Colton Underwood." Um, that was the Bachelor who like did the Bachelor, didn't end up finding love, and then came out as gay after the season. Was that the ex football player? Yeah, I think so. Ex charger. Colton Underwood is his name. Uh, I think it might have been him. Uh, when they said that, I didn't get the joke, and then Victoria's like, "You know who that was, right?" And I was like, "Oh shit, was that the fucking yeah, died ex laughing?" Football player, yep. Fantastic reference, very fucking funny, and it was just like a lot of that little shit throughout, where it's like tiny little references to this and that, and very much that Billy. I mean, he's fucking with celebrities and doing shit about comedy with celebrities and references. Like, that's his main thing. That's what he's really good at. Yeah. And you get that sprinkled throughout to where there it isn't like a lot of big memorable moments. There's a few. But it's just enough throughout to keep you laughing the entire time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, is the Lincoln being gay, is that like a real thing? I don't Have know. Have you heard about that before this? I No. I feel like it was just him like trying to force it, kind of. And that's why there was so much pushback. Like wanting a gay president. Which was still funny. I don't know. I, I gotta look into that, though. I wonder, though, but I, is that like a real theory or is that something they came up with in the show? I gotta look into that. I bet you could look up, was Abraham Lincoln gay? Probably. That's probably peaking on Google Trends with this movie. I don't know. Not not very many people are seeing it. That's true, unfortunately. I feel like this is a movie that's going to do well in streaming, though. Even though there's still a lot of ignorant assholes who won't watch it just because of subject material. Yeah. I feel, again, comedies are like streaming movies now. That's where it has to go. It would be so successful. It sucks that's what it is, but... Quote, scholar Douglas Wilson writes that Lincoln, as a young man, displayed robustly heterosexual behavior. I read homosexual. (laughs) Um, This is a guy saying he's not. Including telling stories of to his friends of his interactions with women. So he, Lincoln, big brag about. Like, no, he's straight. Trust me, guys. He's straight. Big brag about sex guy. Critics of of the hypothesis that Lincoln was homosexual emphasized that Lincoln married and had four children. I don't mean shit. There's a lot of gay dudes who were married. Especially back then when it was, like, literally, like, I mean, even now it's still fucking, you know, shunned by some people. But back then it was, you know, awful, horrible, you know, according to those people, obviously, not saying that myself. So, and for someone who's trying to run for political power and everything, that'd be political suicide for him back in 18... 50 something whatever whenever lincoln was president million percent i will say there's a wikipedia page that's titled sexuality of abraham lincoln Mm -hmm. i don't think if you're just a regular straight dude you have a page titled sexuality of your name yeah and it's i mean there's at least accusations yeah for sure it's just you know ignorant people say shit like why you know there's so many gay people now because they try to say movies like this are indoctrinating the youth and you know, turning people gay, and that's why there's more gay people now. And it's like, no, nah, it's just we've finally actually become somewhat more accepting as a society where it sucks that for hundreds and hundreds of years that wasn't the case, and these people literally had to stay in the closet, for lack of a better word, because they would have been fucking, you know. Ostracized. It's a great word, Ty. I knew. I, thought I feel I like every it movie, it doesn't matter what the movie review is, We, I'm always going to say something about society and in <laughs> our fucked up country and well this is world too this yeah. isn't just an america problem but um yeah what was your uh, society and your world commentary on marcel the shell with shoes on i'm sure i said something you think i'd have to go back but i'm sure i said something you think there was some fucking bigot shells <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe ty characters um 
Look, man, I like Billy Eichner. Kind of just felt like he was Billy Eichner in this. Like his name was literally Bobby. Yeah, they just changed one letter. Like I think well, they, two letters, three letters, <laughs> two letters, but one of the letters is repeated. <laughs> um, and he kind of plays Billy Eichner. I feel like. Um, yeah. Look, I'm. I'll be honest. Like I did not like the co-star. I thought he was a very bad actor. I thought his lines felt extra cheesy. Like some of like the emotional stuff he would say felt like. A Hallmark movie, you would say? And now that I know he's a Hallmark actor, it totally checks out to me. Yeah. Um, And there's, like, not really any, like, side characters in this that are really worth mentioning. So if I'm looking at Billy Eichner and I think it's, you know, based on my new scale, like, I don't know, a 6 out of 10 just lead character. Like, you know, it was decent. Like, But then the side characters, I probably give, like, a 4. I don't know. I landed oh. at a 10. I landed at a 10 out of 20. I thought 20. you were giving them a 6 out of 20. No. Okay. I landed at a 10 just because, again, like, there's no Oscar-winning performances in this, and I, I didn't particularly like the acting ability of the second guy, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, he, it was very cheesy, but again, I kind of was held up like, is this supposed to be? But some of the stuff with the co-star, almost like like line delivery and just shit like that, like kind of took me out of it a little bit. Like, yeah, it was weird. Don't get me wrong. I'm not fully in rom-coms. Like, I don't watch fucking 50 First Dates, and I'm like, man, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really into this right now, like, in that world. But, like, it did take me out of it a little bit. Yeah. I think, like, there was a couple of scenes where the Luke McFarland actor, you know, his character who was delivering lines, and it almost felt like I was thinking, like, oh, it's going to cut and be like, that was a daydream because those lines were delivered so cheesy. Like, that's what mm-hmm. he's thinking he would say in a fake reality. And then it was like, no, that was just kind of bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Billy Eichner, you're right. He just played himself. Yeah. I don't know if I like him as an actor. Really? Well, yeah, I guess the thing I would know him from isn't acting, so. It's just him being himself talking yeah. to people. Well, probably an exaggerated version of himself, but yeah. Well, for sure, yeah, yeah but like. I think that works, and when he's trying to play a character with, like, character arcs and stuff, it doesn't work as well. The side characters I would consider, like, the board of people at the museum. Jim Rash. Fine. Jim Rash, the bi character, mm-hmm. got a lot of chuckles out of me. He, from constantly. Was, Everything was, was bi. He was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it got me fucking laughing. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, outside of that, though, yeah, I mean, it just kind of was what it was. I didn't hate the Luke McFarlane character. It wasn't a good performance, but... It was only once or twice where it kind of took me out. Billy Eichner was – I gave it an 11. Okay. I'm one yeah. point higher than you. I, yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, awful, awful, but it definitely wasn't good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was better than Don't Worry, Darling, which I gave a 9 because it wasn't awful. Um, but, again, it's a rom-com. You're almost limited by the genre here. Like, you're not going to get some incredible acting performance. Even, like, a really good rom-com – a really good recent rom-com like Crazy Rich Asians – I probably would still only give that acting a 14 at the absolute most, you know, at the absolute most. And that's even me not seeing the movie in a while, not really knowing. So you're kind of limited by the genre. And then, you know, it hurts a little bit when you have a Hallmark actor who. That was a terrible comp, by the way. Why? Crazy Rich Asians. Uh-huh. Great acting throughout. Fantastic film. Also not very recent. higher than like a 14, though. Like four years old now. That's recent. Has there been a, a more recent, like, big rom-com movie since then that's, like, been out in the theaters? Uh, I don't think so. But, I mean, unless you want to count, like, I don't know. Like, I'll be honest, no, there hasn't. There was Love, Simon 2018, but that wasn't as big. It was um, the same year as Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah. 
like I'm looking, not not really. But okay, so here, like Love Simon, you know, was a uh, another gay rom com. I don't know if you necessarily consider it a rom com. I don't know what the more like a coming of age. Yeah, um, that was like really like nuanced and like obviously still trailblazing and all that. But like the film was more nuanced and it wasn't traditional rom-com vanilla a b c d you know kind of film and that's just yeah again it's not i'm not saying it's a bad movie but that's what ultimately when you make that type of movie you're just naturally holding yourself back i feel like in some of these categories in visuals key elements in plots story um, which love simon probably would get the same visual score because it's not complex in that nature either but it would get a better plot score and it would get a better character score because i think the acting and the storytelling was a little bit more nuanced than this well you and, know. and I yeah, and I think that part of that is like the movie Love Simon. It was about the story of someone gay, and his his evolution to coming out and being gay. Mm-hmm. Whereas this wasn't that. This was a rom com with two gay people. Yeah, and it wasn't about him being gay and coming out and being gay. And sure, there's some conflict there um, about it, but that wasn't what the movie was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a copy and paste. We're making this rom com movie, but instead of this guy and this girl, it's this guy and this guy. Yeah. And I think that was the point of it. It wasn't supposed to be this. No, I know it was the point, but you know, it was two men who were out and that's where you get those, those differences for sure. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like they chose to do that. Obviously I'm not hating them on it for it, but in that choice to make this type of, I just feel like this type of movie is limited, you know, for just sure. Like when we yeah, look yeah. at a, a dad action movie, like it's, I mean, we do elevate law buying citizen a little bit. Um, Deservedly. So that's got a great plot, but I look at like, a dad action movie like Gray Man or something, which I know you gave a lot higher than I did, but like so fucking good. You're not gonna get a great score on Gray Man. You know what I mean? You're just not. Gave like, Gray Man a thirteen for characters. You gave this an eleven, so it's not even like that was that big of a difference. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just think it's you know, it's types of movies and you know? No, I'm with you. I agree hundred percent. I think that the, that's the kind of distinct difference from what they were trying to do here. And I think they achieved it. Mm-hmm. But that does hold you back in some aspects. Yeah, when you're trying to make a movie that typically would get, you know, not get love for these categories, and you replace this one, thing, you're still not going to get love for these categories, even if yeah. I think it is funny. Yeah, um, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. That does lead us to our final category, Jay, enjoyment. Yeah, once again, I'm stuck between two numbers here, and I'm going to do the classic trick of looking at old movies and then going, "Huh, did I like that more or less than this film?" I don't hate it. So right now I'm currently at a four. I'm between a fourteen and a fifteen, I should say, and I'm gonna go look at other fourteens. I'm gonna go look at Nope. Did I enjoy this more than Nope? Probably. Nope. Yeah. No. Was that your answer? Oh. Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Did I enjoy this more than that? It's close. Sonic oh. Two. It's probably a little close. Green Book. Yeah, probably. Um, Forrest Gump. Yeah, probably. So I'm getting a lot of yeah probablys. All right, let's go to the 15s, Ty. We're going mm. through my mind okay. right here. We're going to go uh, Run through Top it. Gun Maverick. Fucking not even close. Okay, but you gave Top Gun Maverick a 19 or whatever. Retroactively a 20. Um, <laughs> retroactive 20. I'm talking for myself. It's, That's fine. It's pretty close. Lightyear 15. Like I, I feel like I'm right in the ballpark with the score. So it's like, what do I want to land on? I'm going to give it the benefit of the point for the main reason because Victoria didn't fall asleep. Just kidding. The main reason <laughs> that it's it's rewatchable. It's more rewatchable than some of these other films I got a 14 or 15 just as a as a hotel room movie. My favorite comp. If I'm in a hotel <laughs> and I see Bros is on, it doesn't matter if it just started and I got 30 minutes to kill. It doesn't matter if it just started, if it's halfway through, if it's the last 30 minutes. 
I'll flick it on. I'll say, you know what? This is going to be a little I'm I'm going to get some laughs. I don't I I don't need to know the story. You can come in at any point. Yeah. And for that reason, I will give it the bump to a 15. Now, you're giving it the hotel room comp. Mhm. I got a I got a question for you and just I want you to be honest. Yeah. You're in a hotel room alone. Yeah. Just you. Are you throwing on the gay rom-com? Yeah, why not? Okay. Unless there's like sports on. It's sports and if there's no sports on, it's whatever TBS is showing. Gotcha. Which this is rated R, so I don't know if it it's actually not be, be on a hotel, you know, a hotel room. But they they they'll have a PG thirteen TV friendly version. Showmax, Showtime, Cinemax. I would, I would. Okay, I was just curious. I also landed on a fifteen. Okay, I laughed. I had a good time. Um, again, it's a rom com. I'm not really a big fan of rom coms for the most part. Usually, it's a little bit more calm though than rom. It like, is the rom's there, but I feel like it's more when it is rom. It's real cheesy rom. But when it's calm, it's like it's a good R-rated calm. It's not like a yeah. I feel like this is a rom-com that's shifted more towards like the male audience of of the relationship, or you know, two males. But the one that likes the calm more than the rom. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like rom-coms usually are way more romantic-driven, and then they'll have like like some laughs, the dumb comedy that like even my mom laughs at. You know, not saying my mom doesn't have comedic taste, but come on, let's be Damn. honest. Um, whereas this has more like legitimate comedy. And I think that's Judd Apatow, you know, being involved in Billy Eichner. Yeah. What'd you make that face for? Did something just happen? You just saying your mom's taste in, in comedy. Yeah. Uh, it may, very much reminded me. Our, our mothers watched a new movie release on Friday. Yeah. Hocus Pocus 2. So I've heard. Yeah. My thoughts on that film very quickly. <laughs> Dog shit. If I did a scale, it's probably bottom five. It's that bad. It's so bad. Have you seen Hocus Pocus 1? Yeah. Like once we talk, this is like not the fifth good. time we've shit on Hocus Pocus. So not that. Well, no, this is Hocus Pocus too. So bad. There's a scene where they're walking into a Walgreens and they're like blown away by the automatic doors. And then the one person like walks in. And if you listen, they just like in post put a fart noise in <laughs> to where she just farted walking through the door. Nice. It's a fucking terrible film. Victoria didn't like it either. Right? No. So are you vindicated? Because I know Victoria who doesn't listen to the pod very much. Listen to, one of our recent episodes of us bashing Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Very Are we vindicated? Recent. For sure. Because she was upset with us. She was, yeah. And I don't... I don't. She literally said, this is why I don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Hurt my feelings a little bit. I'll be honest. It was rude. It was mean of her. And I feel like she got what she deserved there with the bad <laughs> film. <laughs> she got her heart broken <laughs> with the bad film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's my thoughts, though. Dog shit film. Haven't done a scale. Didn't really pay attention the entire second half. If I had to pay attention, I would I would give it a score. You should have just given it a score anyways. I I got to finish it. I got to see it through. <laughs> You're never going to put that movie back on. Not a fucking chance. Um, what's your final score, Ty, with the 15 enjoyment? My final score, let me get to it here, Jay. I finished with a 65 out of 100. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's kind of held back in all the categories besides key elements where I gave it very high. No, yeah, for sure. It's, I'm, it's limited back. And I'm right else. there with you. I thought we had the same score for some reason when I was counting along in my head. I have a 67 out of 100. Two points higher than me. So we're in the same ballpark. It's barely within the lines. It's right over that 64 and a half threshold, which if you get a rom-com within the lines, I think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, That's kind of like what you should be shooting for for this type of movie. For a rom-com, yeah. And I think that very much plays into why the Rotten Tomatoes score is so high. This is my theory. 
For sure. Where it's not a 90-plus movie, but it's a movie that's hard not to like. With that being said, this is a movie that's very easy for some people not to like, (laughs) which is why I'm surprised. Yeah, I am surprised it hasn't got critic bombed. Or not even critic bombed, but audience bombed. Yeah. Maybe it's because they just haven't. Those hateful people are just like, I'm just going to leave it alone. Or maybe we're underest- we're overestimating how many hateful people are in the in this world now. I hope we are, but the fact that a gay rom-com has 91% blows me the... Audience score Yeah, blows me the fuck away. Just yeah. on the simple basis that it's there's people who are going to be like, gay, vote it down. Armin White has reviewed this film. I mean... He's also reviewed Don't Worry Darling, so we have a retro review. Oh. We'll start there. Because it wasn't up last time we recorded. Yeah. Because I checked for every movie. Okay. Don't worry, darling. He gave a rotten. Yeah, but you would think it would be a fresh because the movie's uh, rotten. Yeah, but he's, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I nailed that one. I kind of got what the vibe was going to be there. Don't worry, darling is a shopper's paradise for film goers indifferent to current crisis, crises, 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 and clueless about bygone social standards. I fucking hate him so much. Um, Just like, oh, look at me fucking talk. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, no Obama yet. Oh, he just, no, he went for the, he bashed Kim Kardashian. Nice. How the fuck did we get Who's there? Who's smarter about Don't Worry Darling, Robert Bresson or Kim Kardashian? I'm guessing Robert Bresson's a, also a national reviewer writer. Um National Review, I don't fucking know. I don't have to get your stupid name right. Kim K wrote the best it's review. A French film director. Kim K wrote the best review by distilling its cultural significance. Her 38-word Instagram post is probably responsible for the film's $19 million opening week and box office gross, influencing her nearly 300 million pop culture followers to see for themselves what the media gossip surrounding the film was all about. Kim K ignored the ignorable plot about newable about newable white Alice Florence Pugh who's trapped as a housewifey sex slave in post-World War II suburban go-getter America. I don't think she was, uh, I guess a little bit, to praise the film's celebrity participants in terms of her own celebrity status. So she responded with the perfect idiot consumer review. I just, this is the review. I just watched Don't Worry Darling this weekend. I really liked it. It's really good. Harry is so good in it and I am now obsessed with Florence Pugh. She's beyond amazing actress and she's so pretty too. Look, Kim K, I disagree with 80% of that besides the Florence Pugh part, but <laughs> so I guess I agree with Armin White there, but um, oh gross. How's that make you feel? <clears throat> Bad. Not good. Can't make you feel good. Um it's artsy feminist oppression. Oh. Um Let's see here. Um I think it's just bashing feminism, I guess. Yeah, you know, he found a lane for sure. Like there's something in there where he's just like I'm going to fucking ride this horse. At least he didn't incorrectly like complain about the sexuality of one character. Like I feel like he's done in like yeah. six different movie reviews. Now, he doesn't always watch the movies he reviews. That's very obvious. Now, what do you think Bros got? <sighs> Look, obviously you would expect him to give it a, a rotten. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine he does the plot twist and gives it a fresh. I would be blown away, like utterly shocked if he gave it a fresh. He gave it a rotten. Okay. Um, that would be the ultimate arm and white twist. It would. It would. It would. Um, this one, he kind of just bashes Billy Eichner. His review on Rotten Tomatoes is, Bros pretends to satirize uh, Bobby's fear of commitment, but the contempt Eichner showed 
to his on-the-street video victims. But the contempt Eichner showed to his on-the-street video victims has not been transformed into charm. Um, Billy Eichner bashing. Bros sells the only thing Eichner's got to offer is political identity as a white gay male. It has been the media's excuse for tolerating his unapologetic boorishness as shtick. You may have never heard of Eichner, one of those minor cable TV aberrations, shows such as Billy on the Street, in which he accosted passerby. Did he get, was Armour White on Billy on the Street, and he's mad about it? Oh, could you imagine? What a fucking meetup. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Um, it, the whole thing is pretty much just bashing fucking... Billy Eichner? Yeah. Incredible. Big yeah. shocker there. So... Good old fucking Armand. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to look like it's not doesn't seem too much so far about uh Hollywood liberalism. Billy Eichner really hasn't been in much either. Like I'm looking now in terms of like live action roles. Oh, here we go. Not the, a lot. The context in which Bros is released as a major studio project is the trans sexualization now threatening children, gender roles, social privilege, and political preference. Once again, um, according to Armin White, if you uh, if you just exist and you're gay, you are threatening the youth. Bingo. Um, God forbid you make a movie about people that exist and you know. Well, here's who my are just the same as you and I. They just like different shit in the bedroom. You and I probably like different shit in the bedroom still. Maybe. Who knows, Ty? Maybe <laughs> compare notes. <laughs> what are um, you going to say? Here's the thing, though, is like if he's trying to you know, fuck with the youth, why do you make it R? Why do you make it an R rating? Oh. Very much only for adults who should be more than mature enough to handle this content. I like it. Youth should not be able to even watch this film right now unless they have a parental. I like it. Um, someone there. So, fucking counterpoint, Armand. <laughs> fuck him. Fuck Armin White. I don't want to read the rest of this stupid-ass review. Um, now, I got a question for you, Jay. Yeah, what's up? This movie bombing at the box office. Mm-hmm. Obviously, lots to play into it. Do you think that the R rating and the the nature of the gay sex scenes is hurting it any? No. It's just, it's well, just the movie there's, itself. There's a little bit of, ignor- of people not seeing it because it's a gay rom-com. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like That's happening. It sucks, but it's happening. But at the end of the day, it's a, a com- it's a comedy movie. It's a rom-com, but it's more comedic forward. Um, those don't do as well. And it doesn't have a, a star. Like, I like Billy Eichner a lot, but he's not a Hollywood star. He's like a C-lister. Like, just being honest. Like, I, again, I really like Billy Eichner. You literally just said he's not in much. Yeah. He's in Billy on the Street. Yep. And he's in Lion King, where he does the... He does the, the straight-to-Netflix Noel. Or straight to Disney Plus, Noel Christmas movie. He's just not famous. No. Like he, I mean, he's famous obviously, but he's not like super famous. So he's not a box office draw. You have to, you know, like at this point with the film industry, unfortunately, it's Marvel and it's these big sensational box office films, or it's you know you're not making a lot. Now, yes, it, part of it probably is that it's R, and part of it probably is that you know the nature of the context. But I think even then, its ceiling, you know, isn't that much higher than what it's actually yeah. grossing i think there's naturally a drop from pg-13 to r rating mm-hmm. in revenue yeah do you think this that drop is the same if this movie's pg-13 and it doesn't necessarily go into the more graphic side of the gay shit i think it would make the same amount of money okay because of the subject material yeah. 
But no, you I'm can make. You. I mean, Joker made a billion dollars. A billion. No, you can pull it off for Deadpool sure. Deadpool two and Deadpool one, seven hundred eighty million each. It's actually Deadpool two made four million more. You know, like the Matrix two thousand three, the Matrix seven hundred forty one million adjusted for inflation. That's got to be up there. Fucking lot. But if we're looking at comedies again, like the Hangover Part two is the highest on this. 586 million. The Hangover was a massive franchise, and we've talked Huge. about The Hangover before. Yeah. Was kind of like the last of the Mohicans. Don't they talk about The Hangover in this film? They do. That's great fucking great reference there, Jay. It's kind of like the last of the Mohicans, though. Like, yeah. Nothing's been the same since. Ted, I guess, was 2012, so around the same year. That did 549 million. Jeez. But that had Mark fucking Wahlberg. <laughs> like, well, that's Seth why that Farland's movie. movie fucking, you know. Yeah, I the mean, Family Guy. When Family Guy was at its peak, the Family Guy guy. I think it was also Mark Wahlberg. I don't think Mark Wahlberg's as much of a draw. He's had some some bombs. Ty, you're joking. Re, re, now, yes, I feel like he's has. You think aged then? Well. Okay, that's fair. I feel like maybe I'm thinking of current Mark Wahlberg less than. 2012 was his Mark like Wahlberg. his last hurrah. That was the last of his Mohicans. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but you just don't see comedies do very well anymore. Yeah. Like you just you know you look up top grossing comedies, it's just. I will say they're struggling. They're upset about how much money they're making right now. Um, I, I gave you a report prior to recording. I found the article. Mm-hmm. They created a $30,000 butt rig to simulate rimming, then cut it out of the film. It's a lot of money. $30,000 to simulate a tongue licking an asshole. And it didn't even make the final cut. So I looked up top grossing uh, box office comedy movies. And number one is actually came out in 2022. But it's a joke. I'm not counting it as an actual comedy. That's Minions Rise of Gru. <laughs> Did 919 million. Um, but traditional comedies. Again, you have Hangover in 2011, too. Yep. Ted in 2012. Meet the Fockers in 2004. Bruce Almighty. Damn, Bruce Almighty made that much money? The Hangover. Like, it, it's just they don't make that much money. Even You look at, like, 22 Jump Street, 331 million. Yeah, that's a shit ton of money, but, like, it's not compared to these other things, you know? Yeah. I don't see Anchorman on this at all, but... Well, I think it's it's that combination. And then, like you said, the R rating. Usually, R rating is very hard to fucking. Yeah. Well, and you're pigeonholing yourself, I feel like, domestically. Maybe not. Uh, Some actually, movies. Actually, maybe not, though, because like I'm looking at like Ted did more international. So did The Hangover. So maybe not, actually. No. I thought maybe you'd be pigeonholing yourself domestically because like American comedy isn't the same. But I think I'm just wrong there. So never mind. Maybe. That's a great point. Just fuck me. There are some there's some very high grossing R rating movies as well. You just gotta fucking I don't know, this just isn't it. It's gonna go to streaming, it's gonna do very well on streaming. Yeah. It's getting great reviews. What does it mean to do very well on streaming nowadays though? I don't even know what that means. Um Netflix lies and says that it was watched by every household <laughs> three times on opening night. <laughs> That's great. Do you see Amazon Prime like had its most signups ever, like in a one day period, the first Thursday night game. Really? Chargers Chiefs, not to brag. Chargers, very responsible. That doesn't make any sense to me. What fucking grown adult doesn't already have an Amazon Prime subscription? Me. No fucking chance. Do you use your parents then? Yeah. That's fine. You still have an Amazon Prime subscription. You have access to one. Everyone has that now. Who's signing up just now in 2022 for Amazon? I don't know, Ty. That's wild to me. That's the one streaming service that never made any fucking sense. 
Because you don't charge more for it. Everyone already has it. With or without that, you're not gaining any money. You're just spending money on content. Well, I could tell you Amazon has the money to spend. That they do. But they're they're getting out in front of it. I mean, they're thinking long-term. They're thinking media empire. They're thinking all this shit. So, Did you see there was a lawsuit um, with something about fucking, like, the, oh, this is how many... Basically, what Netflix does where they lied about how many views there was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a lawsuit going on about that that may actually make, like, a thing to where they have to report accurately. Netflix is going to be so fucked if that happens. Yeah, and guess what? Then they're going to take away fucking sharing accounts like they already have been teasing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Netflix might die. I have a feeling in, like, 10 years, Netflix is not a thing anymore, Ty. No, I think if, if there's one to go, it's them. Because well, they, it's everyone else, like the people making the content now have their own streaming service. Yeah. And Netflix big thing was like buying content and like, yeah, they do make Netflix movies. Licensing it, yeah. But the Netflix movies aren't really like anything special. A huge draw compared to Disney, compared to HBO, compared to They do make some good series though. I mean the Jeff the Jeffrey Dahmer series is obviously big right now. Stranger Things is a huge. top three property, top five property right now. Yeah. So they do have some success stories, but I don't know. We'll see. It's either going to – Netflix is going to go away or in 10 years a lot of – all these other streaming services are going to go away and they're just going to come back to a centralized one because, yeah, you know, how, how can – people can't – you know, they might as well have cable. But, you know, there's like CBS, Peacock, and we know HBO Max has had their issues like Hulu, fucking all of these things. Well, Hulu's a little bit different, but yeah. Discovery yeah. Plus. Yeah, so it, it's eventually going to – they're going to do what WWE did, which were genius. WWE was way ahead of this, launched their network in, like, 2013, and then just sold it for, like, $3 billion or something to Peacock, and now it's on Peacock, and now they don't have to fucking worry about it, and they got a fat-ass paycheck for yeah, it. Yeah, good shit. So, Ty, Random Rot Tomato Movie Review. This is a rom-com film. That is your hint. There is no movie name in this, so I don't have to say movie name. Thank you. So you don't get confused. This is word for word. Can you give me post-2000 at least? What do you mean? As opposed to the year 2000. Why should I tell you that? Okay, fine. Continue. Well, this is just rom-com. What just... pre-2000 rom-coms do you know? None. That's why I would be fucked. It is post-2000. Thank you. This comes from Jackie K. Cooper from JackieKCooper.com. Okay. Mr. Jackie seems very old. Definitely I... thought Jackie was a girl name. Um, He seems very old. I wonder if JackieKCooper.com still is running, up and running. It is. Really? How good does it look? By Jackie Cooper. It actually, it doesn't look bad. He looks very old. We should contact him. Get him on the pod. We should, that would be funny if we just like got these random movie reviewers to review movies with us. That'd be sick. Maybe that's what I'll do when you have a kid. <laughs> I've, I'm already <laughs> making plans. I, maybe Riley will fill in. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm recording an episode the day of his birth. <laughs> the, the, week, the, week, good, the week. The day Top Good Maverick wins Best Picture. I'll get a, a call in. Fuck um, yeah. I gotta find my old tab, Mr. Jackie K. Cooper, who is still alive. Good for you, Jackie. Or at least your website's still younger alive. or older than Harrison Ford. Dude, it's close. Yeah, he's old. He's an author. He's eighty-one. Older than Harrison Ford by a fucking year. He's eighty-one. He's an author and a film critic. Wild. All right, let's hear it. Might make a good skit on SNL, but as a full movie, no way. Oh, it's him putting exclamation point. That's why I exclamated that. Yeah. Did he do it in all caps? No. But he did a dash. No way. No, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I tried so hard to hold it in. 
might make a good sketch on SNL. Skit, skit on SNL. But as a full movie, no way. No way. No way, Jose. He didn't put Jose. Jose. This is a rom-com, so I'm thinking, obviously, we have no strings attached, friends with benefits. Um, great rom-coms. Crazy, Those stupid are the two love. that are pretty much the same movie, right? Exactly, yeah. In the same year. Like this sis- brother, sister film, sibling films or whatever. Yeah. There's a name for it. Um, crazy, stupid love, one of my favorite rom-coms. And then we go back, we go to the Gerard Butler bangers we were just talking about. <laughs> the Ugly Truth, um, The Bounty Hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, Jay! This is what I'm talking. Like Fifty you- First Dates. There's a lot of rom coms to choose from here. It's very, very, it's very. It's post two thousand, and it is a movie you know. Like I know, I'm one hundred percent sure you have seen this film. So, mm, fuck, man. At least I think. I don't know. You're hundred percent sure you think. I don't know your life, Ty. I appreciate that. I don't know your life, but I'd be shocked if you hadn't seen this film. Oh, fuck, dude. SNL sketch making me think of like rom coms with SNL actors. Um, Colin Jost. Good question. I don't continue your thought process, but I got Colin look up Jost. The I know is an SNL guy. He was just in. Was he in Witches? I said I just. Remember. That was like last year. He was in. Oh, like he was in. He was ago. in fucking Tom and Jerry. Ugh, I wiped that from my brain. So he was in Tom and Jerry for sure. SNL sketch. Maybe it's, there's one with Tom Hardy and Chris Pine and Reese Witherspoon. Um, where they're FBI agents and they're fighting over the same girl. That feels like it could be like an uh, SNL sketch, like co-workers mm-hmm. fighting over the same girl. Um, fuck, man, I don't know. Have, can you confirm? If, can you confirm if you found out if this is an SNL actor? I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know. I'm not like very familiar with SNL actors. You know what I mean? Like, I know the big of the big, but... Yeah, I mean, you could just type in their name in SNL and see if anything pops up. Well, there's a lot of actors in this, tie. Okay, let me look up... Okay, I'm looking at a list of actors. I guess they, there's, like... Wikipedia has it broken up into, like, five-year chunks where you could see, like, who was on SNL in that five-year trunk. I almost said trunk. Chunk. Uh-huh. There's a lot of and... actors in SNL or this movie. I'm there's saying there like was a, a lot of actors in SNL, like, in the history of SNL. That's why you just type in this movie Oh, no, well, name. I don't want to fucking look up six different actors or whatever. Oh. I don't believe every movie has, like, six actors type. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um. Maybe hosted an episode? Wait, was that person in it? Hold on. Or am I just making shit up in my head now? You got me so fucking shit, confused. Man. You got me confused. You gave me a whole fucking genre. Nothing else to go off of other than maybe it's kind of would yeah, be funny I, I, live. I, yeah, I, I don't believe so, no. I'm sure there's multiple of these actors and actresses who have hosted SNL, <laughs> but none. Um, and now I'm thinking of, like, did you subconsciously choose something with some gay themes in it? I don't know. Because they're gay side characters or something in this film, and that's how you related it. Maybe it was subconsciously or very consciously. Um... The issue is I don't know any rom-coms with gay characters, which is why Billy Eichner made this film, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which makes sense. You know, yep. representation is good. I'm Correct. fucking, I'm fucking stuck here, Jay. The fact that you weren't sure if they were in SNL, that was me kind of probing. I know. I kind of want to do Crazy Stupid Love because I feel like you're like, oh, maybe Steve Carell, but maybe not. I can't see that being an SNL sketch. 
Justin Timberlake, no. He was in the McDonald's thing. Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. I feel like you would know they weren't SNL alums. You said six people, though. I just threw out a fucking number. Yeah, today. but that, like, usually rom-coms, like, it's very simple. It's two. This movie was two. Well, two, but there was also some side characters. No, but you wouldn't account. You wouldn't fucking account for them. Oh, fuck. I don't know what <sighs> to guess. <laughs> Podcast is getting a little long. It's 9 o'clock at night, so. We might be here till 10. You better think of something. Fuck, Better dude. think of something. We're up to an hour and a half. Rom-coms. Rom-coms. Let me just go through the list of movies we reviewed. Um, nope. The Prom, not really a rom-com. I'm the watching your classes. Things. You better not, like, look up fucking rom-coms. The Little Things, The Gray Man, Tomorrow War, Freebirds, On the Rocks. Are you on your scale? Huh? I've never seen your scale sheet. I would like to look at it after the pod, please. Mm, I kind of want to keep that a secret. I feel like... We've done this, and I've never seen your scale sheet. I want to keep that a secret. I wonder how similar ours are. Mine is very, very simple. Mine's also pretty fucking simple. <laughs> I, you're not going to be blown away by it. Oh, this is tough, Jay. Here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I gave Red Notice a one-point bonus point. I don't. Do you remember why? What? Oh, I remember now. Red Notice got a one-point bonus point because that one review said it was a mixture of National Geographic and Indiana Jones, and I said... National Treasure. Yeah, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I like that description, so I give it a bonus point. Question. Permission, if I'm thinking of a movie with these actors, can I look up the exact name of the movie? Sure. <sighs> what movie? It has Will Smith and Kevin James. Um, he oh um, dates Eva Longoria. Yes. That is Hitch, final answer. Incorrect, Ty. Fuck! Incorrect, Ty. That felt so good because Kevin James and Will Smith, like, I feel like you could have been like, oh, maybe SNL. It is the film. The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Fuck, I was on the right track with Steve Carell. Starring. You, when you said Steve Carell, I smiled a little bit. See, like, I know Carell's not. I don't know if Paul Rudd has been, though. I don't think so. But then I was like, there's other people. Seth Rogen's in it. Leslie Mann. I was like, she could have been SNL, but I don't know. There's a lot of people in this film. Elizabeth Banks, Kat Dennings, Jonah Hill, Jane Lynch, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Fucking Kevin Hart. David uh, Kochner. Kochner. I will say, I don't think any of them are SNL alums. Yeah, but, like, I wouldn't be totally... Again, I'm not, I'm not familiar with SNL at all. But if you told me Paul Rudd was on SNL, I would have been like, oh, okay. That makes sense. I know, like, by description... Oh, David Kochner was on SNL. There we go. There was an SNL alum. Okay. My bad. I know, like, by description, that's a rom-com. That's just a comedy, though. I mean, you could say the same about... No, but, like, that's not, like... That's not, like, your wife or girlfriend's favorite movie. That's romantic and comedy. That's more comedy than romantic, for sure. That's what I I think... That's why I think it didn't come to mind. I knew... Well, I'm just saying that's why I don't think it came to mind. I knew you would say that. Adam Sandler was on SNL. Um, Yeah. So was Will Ferrell. Wow, why did they never make a movie together? Um, You're joking. What? We've had this conversation on the podcast before. What conversation? The fact that they were both SNL. Probably. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, I looked up, like, best rom-coms, and this was on every single list of, like, the best rom-coms of all time. So I was like, it's a rom-com. No, I'm not saying that it was, like, wrong for it you to do like that. Sounds like you're pushing back a little bit, though. I'm just saying that's why it didn't immediately come to mind. The 40-year-old version. Now, do you, do, do you agree with that? 
This, that was a rotten review, by the way. That it works as an SNL sketch, but not a yeah. full movie? No, it's a great full movie. Yeah. I wanted to read, uh, there was another one, but I thought it might have been a little bit of a giveaway. Where is it? Um, um, let's see. Sorry. This is another review you were going to read? Yeah. Me? So I could guess? I don't remember. Never mind. Okay. Disregard. You want to know what we got next week, Jay? Um, no, I don't actually. All right. I, I'm trying to find the other fucking review I was going to read. Oh, no. It's oh, it was uh, Cam Williams from Princeton Town Topics. Um, an infuri- infuriatingly offensive soft porn primer on how to treat girls as objects who exist at the disposable, disposal of men. I was going to read that one. but on I was that like, film? Yeah, but then I was like, soft porn, he would probably would have got to a 40-year-old virgin. I thought it would have been a little bit too easy for you. 40-year-old virgin is him never having sex or using women that way. That's wild. I've only seen the film once, so I'm kind of... I mean, he does eventually have sex with her. Good for him. Ty, what are we... What are we unavirgined. Reviewing next week. Next week, we're reviewing the 2020 release drama comedy Amsterdam, starring Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Anna Taylor-Joy, Robert De Niro, Rami Malek, Chris Rock, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Zoe Saldana, and other people. Very notably, other people, Taylor Swift. Wasn't going to mention her, but she is in it. Really? Yeah, apparently. Um, Look, man, fucking banger of a cast directed by David O. Russell, known for films such as, I don't know, but I know the name, American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. Those are two good movies. Um, here's the thing, though, Jay. Currently sitting at a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Quite upsetting. Um, looks like it had very, very, very high potential. Maybe didn't reach that. Again, I formed my own opinion, but this is an indicator maybe not very good. Real bummer. Yeah, not a good uh, positive sign. What it, you said last week, the publicity for this movie has been horrible, the PR. Yeah, didn't even know it was coming out. And this review is, the new movie Amsterdam has been shrouded in secrecy for months. We now know why. It's unwatchable. Zero out of four. Oh, fuck. So. You know how much money they probably spent just getting all these fucking people in the same film? Probably a lot. Uh, coincidence, Taylor Swift's been in two very high-budget bombs now. 80, with 80 this million. And cats. Not as much as I would have thought. Oh, it's not much at all. Continue. Taylor Swift, two very, very high-profile <laughs> cast list uh, bombed movies that she was a part of. This and Cats. Some would say she's the problem. She might be. I've I, seen some Christian Bale do like interviews here the last few days. It's because this movie. I now realize that. Because they obviously always do interviews like when they're promoting something. Press tour, yeah. I just I like was randomly like, why am I seeing like so much Christian Bale stuff like on YouTube? So I watch a lot of YouTube. Didn't watch any of the videos, just saw it, you know. But I'm still excited. I like going to the movies. I like getting popcorn. I'm gonna like a good time. I'm gonna like seeing all these people on screen. Exactly. We'll see if I like what they're doing on screen. But I'm gonna like seeing them on screen. (laughs) Um. Yeah, we got that next week. Halloween ends possibly after that. Possibly. And then Black Adam. Got a comic Damn, book movie already? coming up. Yeah. That's going to be shit. And then like three episodes later, Wakanda Forever. Dang. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Oh, yeah. 
November 11th. Yeah, it's coming up real I can't quick. see it opening night, so you guys go without us if you go. Oh, I don't think I can either. Maybe. Why? Why can't you? Isn't it November 11th? Yeah. Well, is that Friday, November 11th? Yeah. So we could go on Thursday, November 10th? Yeah. I could go Thursday, November 10th. Can't go Friday, November 11th. Um, why can't you go? It's Rochelle's 21st birthday. I think we're going out drinking that weekend. Fun. Yeah. So well, that sounds might, like a great time. I think time. I might be busy. That sounds like a great time. But I can't wait for Wakanda Forever. Really so looking forward to it. pregame with some Wakanda Forever, like in the afternoon. Oh. I'll go to Civic. They have oh, beer. Oh, work on Friday. Never mind. Oh, fuck. That is an <laughs> issue. <laughs> Forgot about that. We'll go Thursday night, the 10th. All right, Lock we'll make it, it happen. IMAX? Yeah. You just stay down there? I'll drive Victoria down? No, let's do it. Will you just stay down there? Yeah. I'll drive my own car. I'll meet you guys there. Sounds like a plan. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm excited now. (laughs) I was like fucking six weeks away and I don't even care. (laughs) Well, we'll have to. Riley's usually our ticket person, so we'll have to make sure we can get tickets. So, but I'm sure we will. She never, she never fails. She never lets us down. No, she doesn't. High quality. She didn't get enough appreciation for it. No, she doesn't, Ty. You're right. Shout out to Riley. Indeed. Amsterdam next week. Go watch it, even if it's bad. (laughs) In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.